Section 79 of Through Fairy Holes of My Book House. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Bedwer. Through Fairy Holes of My Book House. Edited by Olive Bupreux Miller. How the Waterfall Came to the Thirsting Mountain. A Romanian Fairy Tale Chapter 79 How the Waterfall Came to the Thirsting Mountain A Romanian Fairy Tale High up among the wild Carpathians there was once a mountain that was dry and barren and rocky. Only a few poor trees grew on its rugged slopes and here and there a clump of dwarfed and straggling bushes. Now the old man of the mountain longed to have his mountain fresh and green and covered with trees and flowers, so he called out to the fairy who dwelt in the smiling meadows below. O fairy of the meadows, quench my thirst, I pray you, with the gift of living waters. Surely you, at whose smile the meadows burst into bloom, have power to make me merry too, with the laughter of leaping waterfalls and the springing of trees and flowers. The fairy of the meadows looked up at the barren mountain side. She listened to the parched, cracked voice of the old man of the mountain and longed with all her heart to bring him life and bloom. O oh, man of the mountain, she cried, I know not at this moment how to make you a waterfall but never again shall I be content till your slopes are as green as my meadows. I shall go out into the world and search, and you shall not see my face again till I have found you a gushing stream to leap down your barren sides and make them burst into bloom. So saying, the fairy bade farewell to the old man of the mountain and set out on her journey. She rode a faithful horse as she left the meadows, but she had gone only a short distance when she stopped beside a rose bush, made herself as small as a bumblebee and turned her steed into a butterfly. Then she hitched her butterfly to the rose bush and sat down inside one of the blossoms to think what she should do. She was longing, longing to be wise enough to know where to find a waterfall, when suddenly she heard the sound of voices near her. Peeping out from her safe retreat in the rose, she saw not far away a beautiful princess kneeling at the feet of an ugly wizard. And lo, the maiden's glorious hair swept down her back like a waterfall and gleamed like a shining stream. O oh, wizard, the maiden was crying, take my long hair if you will, but set free my father and give him back to me. Then the wizard seized the maiden's locks. I, I will have your hair. The heart of the fairy was touched at once with pity, so she sprang on her butterfly and flew like a flash to the princess. Close to her ear she darted all unseen by the wizard, and she whispered, Have courage, my maid. Give not your hair to the wizard. He has no mind to give you back your father. Whatever your trouble, trust in me. On hearing these words, the princess took heart. 
she sprang to her feet and though the wizard still tried to hold her locks fast they flowed through his fingers like water and slipped rippling out of his reach nay false one cried the maiden i will keep my hair and still set my father free be gone from my sight at that the wizard snarling once more vanished in a mist now said the fairy to the princess tell me your trouble so the princess took the fairy in the palm of her hand and between much weeping this is the tale she told my father is michael a great lord and a hospodar of this land some years ago he learned that dracul the wizard who lived amid the barren crags and the thirsty crags had in his keeping a wonderful sword that sprang from its sheath whenever there was need of defending the pure and the good having need of such help to keep the peace in his kingdom he besought the wizard to lend him the sword now dracul seemed all too willing to get the sword out of his way so he gave it into my father's keeping but he made him promise under penalty of the direst punishment that i should never touch it nay nor so much as mention it to anyone this sword did many a noble deed and for a long time i obeyed dracul's command but one day my father chanced to leave it near me as i sat weaving scarcely were we alone when i heard an imploring voice save me o maiden it cried save me let but the hem of your gown touch me i am a knight and boyar whom the wizard imprisoned in the sword he feared lest i should find the secret that would destroy his power to weave wicked spells ah maiden touch me but once and i shall be free the knight's voice moved me deeply kneeling beside the sword i gently touched it then behold o fairy the sword was shattered from its flashing pieces there sprang a fine young boyar in steel and silver he knelt and kissed the hem of my gown o maiden he cried to you the deep thanks of my heart are due i go forth into the world to search for the secret that will destroy dracul's evil power farewell till we meet again and he sped over the terrace and out through the palace gates scarcely had he gone when my maidens came rushing to tell me that at that very moment my father had suddenly disappeared and i knew that the wizard had punished my deed by spiriting him away by sunlight and starlight i traveled by moonlight and dreary dark and threw myself at dracul's feet but alas dracul has ever coveted my hair and you yourself know that he will not restore my father save at the price of my locks thus the princess finished her tale trust me said the fairy we will yet learn the way to save your father so she changed her butterfly into a horse again bade the princess mount the steed before her and together they galloped away over hill over dale toward the wizard's castle 
as they went the fairy noticed how the princess's beautiful hair waved and sparkled in the sunlight and when the wind blew a single thread away it fell on the grass by the wayside and turned into a strand of glistening dewdrops ah thought the fairy jealously if one thread of her hair makes a strand of dew drops might not all of it make a waterfall in her heart she was sure that she knew the reason why dracul of the barren crags and the thirsty crags was so determined to get those shining locks and she believed that in serving the maiden she could also accomplish the purpose for which she had left her green meadows and the parched old man of the mountain they were just about to mount the hill toward the wizard's castle when who should come dashing across their path and draw rein before them but the fine young boyar the knight of the sword himself fair maiden he cried i have heard but now how you and your father have been punished because you set me free be at rest i have learned what the magic power is that will destroy dracul's evil spells ah said the fairy i too am seeking to save the princess and her father tell me the charm so the knight leaned over and whispered the secret into the fairy's ear at his words a great light shone in her face then she bade the princess spring down from the horse and the young boyar gallantly offered to guard her well while the fairy went on to the castle up to the great gate she rode and she blew three blasts on a silver horn that hung by the great portcullis in answer to her summons out came dracul himself i crave said she a room in your castle in which to rest and above all a goblet of cool fresh water now dracul had no water to give as the fairy knew full well for all his wells and springs were as parched and dried up as his wicked heart but this was a powerful fairy whom the wizard did not wish to offend so he pretended to receive her graciously and bade her rest in a splendid chamber while he went to fetch her the drink then he hurried off to the dungeon where he kept michael the hospodar ah great hospodar that rulest over rats and dungeon vermin he mocked i have stolen your lovely daughter and taken her away to a far-off land never shall you see her more the words were false but the wizard knew that they would bring tears to michael's eyes and while the poor father wept dracul caught the tears in a golden goblet and carried them off to serve to the fairy here said he is your cool fresh water the fairy however knew what was in the goblet and when the wizard had left her alone she waved her wand and caused a beautiful maiden to spring up from the tears fair creature said she you are all goodness tenderness and beauty for you are the child of loving tears when the wizard sees you the evil will die in his heart ah said the tear maiden gently 
whoever looks deep into my eyes is melted at once with compassion. Soon back came Dracul, blustering into the fairy's chamber. Suddenly he saw, tall and beautiful before him, her eyes beaming with a sorrowful gentleness and tenderness, a mild light glowing about her, the tear maiden. Whence came you? he cried in a fright and clapped his hands over his eyes. Away, away, away! But no one made answer. Only the tear maiden continued to beam on him gently, softly, sorrowfully. And Dracul felt the light of her gaze go deep down into his heart. Slowly he dropped his fingers from his face and looked long and full into her eyes. Then his head fell on his breast. His shoulders drooped. His lips began to quiver. His chest heaved and he burst into tears of repentance. Ah, said the fairy, this maiden will stay forever by your side. And you would be able to look into her eyes and smile instead of weeping. There is but one thing to do. Bring me Michael, the hospodar, free. Without a word, Dracul turned away and hurried off to fetch Michael. Then the fairy ran to the window and joyously waved her kerchief to the princess and the boyar. The boyar took the princess up onto the horse before him, and off they dashed to the castle. When they entered the fairy's chamber, there stood Michael himself with the wizard, and the princess threw herself joyously into her father's arms. As to Dracul, amid all the rejoicing, he stood humbly before the tear maiden and looked again deep into her eyes. Ah, said the fairy to the boyar, his power to work evil spells is gone forever. Your charm works well. Then the princess knelt in gratitude before the fairy and cried, O oh, you who have brought us such joy, what may I do for you? My dearest possession I would gladly give to show you how deep is my gratitude. Then said the fairy, Give me your hair. So the maiden, of her own free wish and desire, gave the fairy the locks that all the power of the wizard could never get from her. Back to the old man of the mountain went the fairy, and she hung that gleaming strand from the highest crag on the mountain top. Then suddenly, lo, it began to ripple and wave, and in another moment down it gushed in a torrent, leaping from rock to rock, laughing, roaring, tumbling, flinging forth sheets of shining spray. And wherever it went, there the mountain burst into splendid bloom. This for my thanks, said the old man of the mountain, in a voice now firm and full, and he flung down into the fairy's lap a carpet of brilliant flowers. It was worth searching for, that waterfall, said the fairy of the meadows. End of section 79 Recorded by Bedworth